This is a Holy Baptist Church podcast, bringing you into a community in which everyone is welcome, lives are changing, and Jesus is King. Thanks for listening with us today. We would invite you to subscribe so you can keep up to date with us. But for now, we pray you enjoy listening for what God has in store for you in this episode, and that it helps change your life for the better, in Jesus' name. Enjoy. Good morning. <laughs> so we turn to each other again. Uh, good morning. Uh, my name's Dan. And I'm Neil, and you're very welcome to Hawley Baptist Church Online, whether you're watching uh, now live on Sunday morning or you're catching up um, on YouTube um, perhaps later in the week. It's mm. um, great to have you uh, with us. Um, today, coming up, we have the last in our series, uh, which was which is entitled The Pursuit of Meaning, uh, Insights from Ecclesiastes. And it's a, it's been an interesting series, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Ecclesiastes has to be the most depressing book in the Bible. Heart-hitting, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it sort of starts, I think the first verse is meaningless, meaningless, uh, everything is meaningless, or, or, or that's Neil's paraphrase. I might not have that exactly right. Um, and there's been five in the series, and, this yes. is, and today's the fifth one, yeah. and today is uh, the... <laughs> the conclusion of the matter. The conclusion of the matter. Conclu- conclusion, final. That makes sense. So, um, and then, um, so we hope you've seen all of them. If you have, brilliant. If you haven't, and you want to catch up, um, then they are all on YouTube, and recommend that you do that. Mm. Uh, Dan and I were just talking actually before we started, because uh, we've both been away a bit mm. and been doing other things, and um, you missed yeah. the first. Few, I missed uh, the first uh, three of them. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I caught the four. And I missed last week. So between us, we, should um, be able to. we can give you maybe a very brief, very brief um, outline of the series so far. Mm. And um, so the first one was all about the quest for meaning. And is, 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 is the idea of this really big questions in life of is there any purpose to life? Is there meaning to life? Or mm. is it, um, um, well, just smoke and, um, how did Martin describe it? Smoke and vapour. Vapour, that's it. Yeah, smoking. yeah. So that was the first one. It sort of sets off in thinking. Um, the second one, I think, was all around human wisdom and um, the vanity of human wisdom, that we think we know everything. And compared to maybe 100 years ago, we know so much more. Compared to 1,000 years, yeah, yeah, we yeah. know loads more. But still, compared to God, we know nothing. Just absolutely yeah. nothing. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and if we just, you know, all we, all we do is seek more knowledge for ourselves, then um, maybe that is um, vanity. So that's the second one. The third one was around um, the pursuit of pleasure and success, mm. and um, and that's quite appropriate for the modern world, I guess. Is, is yeah, yeah. What, what what are people chasing? And um, one of my one of my little pet things is celebrity. Oh, just just annoys me. You say, why is that person famous? And they're famous just because they're on some celebrity TV show. In reality, TV, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's like that. what, which isn't real at all, is it? No, no, no. <laughs> most of it's scripted. <laughs> I mean, you'll have to watch it to find out now. You, you never know. You might be definitely surprised. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so, so over the first three, the quest for meaning, uh, vanity of human wisdom, and the pursuit of pleasure and success. And the only one I was around for was, thankfully, one that uh, you weren't, was Live in the Moment. And um, Phil Hughes um, did a fantastic job. If you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend that you do. A uh, fantastic job of how we can live in the moment and building upon the idea of, you know, in Ecclesiastes that Neil mentioned about life being meaningless or just smoke and vapour, how it's just there and it's just gone, it, it disappears, it's as quick as a flash, just, um, I feel spoke um, really candidly and really brilliantly about 
how we need to live in the moment, how um, yeah, life is short, okay, life on earth is short, and how, you know, waiting till tomorrow to do something, or waiting until this is right, or I can do this, or I can do that, um, yeah, I feel really, uh, spoke to us greatly about how we need to live in the moment, and um, and how we kind of need to take more risks, and, and put ourselves out there, whether that's in our kind of our godly walk, or kind of outside of that, um, so that was a fantastic message if you if you haven't had time to catch up with that yet, which yeah. I'm sure you'll do, won't you, Now I will do. Yeah, I will catch up with the last week. You got, okay, I agree you, to catch up. You've got three to catch up. It's half term, I'll be okay. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so Ecclesiastes does pick up on some of the really big issues mm. um, of life. It's not an easy read necessarily, but, um, you know, it picks up, you know, stuff happens which makes no sense, you mm. know, and, and, and it's, you know, and that, that is the reality of the world. And Ecclesiastes sort of doesn't, avoid that it does pick up the big questions which i guess we often avoid yeah i had a close friend um, and i could say he was um 96 um he died yesterday uh-huh. and 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 you just all of a sudden you just realize how you know life it, it, on the earth, life on earth isn't forever now he was mm. a christian and he's now in a far better place but it does just sometimes bring up these questions that well perhaps just maybe just me but i tend to avoid not to think about the sort of big questions of life mm. and um ecclesiastes picked them up so if you haven't seen any of the series do go back and um, see them but um let's just watch um a, a video intro um to this week's uh um sermon what's the meaning of life is there purpose behind it all let's dive into the ancient wisdom of the biblical book Ecclesiastes to find answers. Learn how to face life's ups and downs with wisdom and uncover the beauty in life's complexities. Join us for a month of discovery and growth. Well, the weather's a bit rubbish, isn't it? Yes, so um, if you got wet on the way in, apologies for that. But what I find, I, I don't know if you've sensed it this morning, but, but when the weather's like this, and particularly the clocks have changed, we're now officially in that sort of winter time. We know that it's just downhill from now on, isn't it? We're just holding out for Christmas. And this malaise sort of descends on us. And I kind of sense that in the room. We're a bit like, Ugh. maybe some of you slept too much this morning with their extra hour. And the weird thing is, us as ministers, we tend to uh, excuse things that happen in the room on the weather. So numbers or feelings or how the worship's going, we tend to blame the weather. So if not many people, if it's sunny and not many people turn up, oh, they're all, they're all down by the beach sunning themselves. If their numbers are low and it's raining, well, they didn't come out because it's raining. Weather has an effect on our ability, and this is, I think this is a reality, because we're, we're people that have feelings and, and we're emotions, and the weather affects our ability to worship and connect with God. Now, when the weather is rubbish, like it is today, we can sometimes find it difficult to get into worship and to, to feel the Holy Spirit and to engage with God. And really, the book of Ecclesiastes, which is what we've been looking at this month, really addresses that idea that life circumstances, the things that happen that maybe catch us by surprise, can affect our ability to connect with God. Now, we're going to be looking at the final part, the conclusion of 
this five-part series. I don't know if any of you have been uh, reading Ecclesiastes while we've been going along, but we're getting to the very end of Ecclesiastes. If you want to go grab a Bible, we're going to do the reading in a moment. And there's Bibles just where Richard is. There's Richard waving. Uh, if you want to get a Bible, do feel free to, to grab one. If not, you can get them uh, on your phone. And we're looking at Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and the last few verses starting at verse 9. We're going to have the, the reading video. Thank you. Ecclesiastes 12, 9 to 14. Not only was the teacher wise, but he also imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words, and what he wrote was upright and true. The words of the wise are like goads, their collected sayings like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. Be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them. Of making many books there is no end, and much study wearies the body. Now all has been heard, here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Referring uh, to that in our uh, in the next 20 25, 30, 40 minutes. How long it takes? Um, no, about 25 minutes. Um, and I'll be reading through that. I don't like films or books that when they end, they leave the ending of the film, the ending of the book, to your imagination. You know, I like it when I like to see the heroes returning and being welcomed into the town by the great grace grateful town folk. I like to see the loved ones reunited. I don't like to just have it left to my imagination. I want to see it on uh, in the film or in the, in the book. I like all the, the loose ends to be tied up. I particularly like historical films, you know, true stories, where at the end they have the, the bit in the credits where it says so-and-so married so-and-so and so-and-so did this. And it, it ties up all the loose ends. You've heard the story and it just tells you what happened in the rest of the, their life. Do you like that bit at the end of... Okay. I like everything to be tied up. In a book, there's a technical term for that. It's called the epilogue. And the epilogue is really, you've read the whole story, you think you're about to finish the book and you suddenly realize a whole extra few pages where the author just wants to tie up the loose ends, maybe give you a little bit of information about maybe the historical setting or something like that. Or maybe they want to give you some sort of conclusion, some sort of reflection on what you've just read or in terms of a film, what you've just watched. They may be asking the question, okay, so what? Where do we go from here? What do you think about what you all heard or what you have read? And that's what we're seeing with these last few verses from Ecclesiastes. Just a reminder, the book of Ecclesiastes, we've got two characters. We've got the character of the author of the book, and then we've got the character of the teacher or the preacher or the churchman, depending on which version you look at. And at the beginning, right at the beginning of this, we were introduced to the preacher who then goes on for 12 chapters about his search, his quest for meaning in life. 
And the phrase that comes up time and time again in this, about 38, 37, 38 times is what? Meaningless, meaningless. Everything's utter meaningless. And as we were reminded last week by Phil, with the word that, that the Hebrew word that we translate as meaningless isn't actually meaningless. It's vapor or mist. The life, just when you think you've got a handle on it, you go and grab it, just go through your fingers. The life doesn't make sense. That sometimes life is unfair. The life is fleeting. That's what it means by meaningless. So we've had 12 chapters going through this quest for meaning. And then at the end, those last few verses which we just had read, we have the author step back in and go, okay, that was good, wasn't it? But so what? So what? It says this in verse 9, not only was the teacher wise, but he also imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words. And what he wrote was upright and true. I was quite um, surprised by a number of people came to me and said, I don't know why you chose Ecclesiastes. I'm not sure I was looking forward to it, but actually I found it really good and really useful because Ecclesiastes has quite rightly, I suppose, a reputation of being a bit depressing. You know, meaningless, meaningless. Life is utter meaningless. It's not a very positive outlook on life. Is it? Yet quite a few people, you have to put your hands up, uh, really enjoyed this series. I really enjoyed this. Uh, for me, it gave an excuse to look at life and go, you know what? Sometimes it doesn't make sense. And sometimes I don't understand what God is doing. And sometimes prayer doesn't seem to work. And sometimes I can do the right thing and bad stuff still happens. I like it because it seems to be a true reflection on life. And that's what the teacher, the um, writer at the end of this says, actually, this was good, wasn't it? This preacher, this teacher spent time looking at life, studying it, getting his words just right. There's loads of really juicy proverbs in here. Things are going to help you live a better life. So let's just quickly go back. We've had four weeks so far, four sermons coming up to this one. Week one, we were talking about putting things into perspective. Actually, life is fleeting and confusing, but ultimately nothing really changes. We've got so much technology. We've advanced so much. We've put people on the moon. We've put rovers on Mars. We've done so much stuff. We've got the internet. But ultimately, people are still the same now as they were a few thousand years ago when this book was written. Nothing really changes. And yet we're reminded that God doesn't change. And one of the things that has never changed with God is his love for humanity. And not just humanity as a whole, but for you as an individual. In week two, David reminded ourselves that our brains and our wisdom, they're only going to get us so far that we are limited, that we know in part and we see in part, and therefore we need God's help. In week three, I was preaching on that one, this idea that we will never find satisfaction and fulfillment purely through our pursuits in this life, what the writer of Ecclesiastes calls under the sun or under the heavens. And we talked about our thirst can only be quenched through Jesus. 
Then last week, Phil reminded us that life is short and unpredictable. So enjoy it, enjoy it while you can. Cherish the moment you are in. I found that really challenging this week. Actually, to look at my life and go, I need to, I spend so much time thinking ahead, so much time thinking it's going to be sorted when. Actually, it's a real challenge to enjoy the moment we're in. And for some of us, that can be incredibly difficult. See, the teacher gives us a shot of realism to counter the lies that we so often tell ourselves or other people tell us and we buy into them. That we are the masters of our own destiny. That we know best. That we are in control. That life will be better if we get everything sorted. We, we kind of strive for a as I heard one person put it this week, a frictionless life where everything works well and everything runs smoothly. Everything goes the way that we want it. That's the thing that we're going for. But actually, the weird thing is that we prosper. We prosper in adversity. We grow the most when life is difficult and things are hard. As the American um, preacher and church leader Rick Warren uh, said, is that actually adversity and difficulty creates fertile soil in our lives. When things are difficult, that's when we grow the most. That's when we lean the most on God and not on our own understanding. That actually the fact that life is difficult shouldn't be depressing because actually it's life-giving. I read this from an American author. He said, it's interesting that in the Bible, in the book of Ecclesiastes, which we've just been looking at, the only practical advice given about living a meaningful life, and that's what we've been looking at, how do we, how do we find meaning in life? The only advice given about living a meaningful life is to find a job you like, enjoy your marriage, and obey God. It's as though God is saying, write a good story, take somebody with you, and let me it's about going back to basics and enjoying those simple things in life while we still can. Verse 11. It says, The words of the wise are like goads. They're collected sayings like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. Now, I love this image. He's basically saying, so shepherds in those times, they had sticks with nails on the ends. And you can imagine what they did with those nails. They just prodded cattle or sheep or whatever it was. They were trying to get to go somewhere because they went all over the place. Just give them a good prod with a nail. It may hurt. But it's about trying to get them in the right place. And the, the, uh, the writer of Ecclesiastes is saying the, the sayings of the teacher are like that. So he goes to pointy sticks, but goad is also a word we use in English, which means to provoke or annoy. So as to stimulate an action or a response. This is the two sides of these wise sayings in Ecclesiastes. They are good. They're for our own good. But actually, sometimes they can hurt. Sometimes they can annoy. Sometimes they can provoke. But hopefully, they're provoking you to an action. This month, well, actually, last month, I joined the gym, something I've been planning to do for a number of years. Uh, but I finally joined the gym. And I've been enjoying myself, doing a few bits of weights and stuff and feeling good about myself. And then one of our Iranian friends who comes along uh, said, 
I could come to the gym with you. I used to be a personal trainer uh, back in Iran. And I thought, oh, okay, that'd be nice. I should have realized that wouldn't be a good idea by the size of him. Absolutely massive. Um, so he came along. Oh, my goodness me. I ate the pain, forcing me to go keep on going until I couldn't do any more and then go a little bit more. See, in the gym, we know that no pain, no gain. We know that. We recognize that in life. If we, want to, if we want to do well in the gym, if you want to build our muscles, I mean, literally, you're tearing your muscles and rebuilding them again when you build muscles. No pain, no gain. And yet we don't apply that to the rest of life. We don't apply that to the rest of life. And yet the book, the writer of Ecclesiastes is saying, no pain, no gain. These words, these saying, this wisdom may provoke you. It may hurt you, but it is there for a purpose. It's there to drive you in a particular direction. Do you know, I've come to realize, and maybe I realized this a long time ago, the Bible does that. I mean, Ecclesiastes is the book in the Bible. We're talking about Ecclesiastes, but actually the whole of the Bible is there to provoke. Do you know the Bible's there to annoy? If you're sitting there reading the Bible, and I encourage you to read the Bible because that's the best way to grow spiritually is to read your Bible. If you're sitting there and you're reading it and going, yeah, yeah, I agree with all that. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, wonderful. If nothing is provoking you or annoying you, I would suggest that maybe you're reading it wrongly. See, in our social media age, we break the Bible down into short little verses that we stick on, on our screens and go, oh, that's nice. Well, I like that makes me feel good about myself. When you take these verses out of context, but actually if you read the Bible, it should be a struggle. It should be things that regardless of where you are on the political spectrum, some of the things you go and go, well, that's a bit conservative. Some of the stuff you read and go, that's a bit liberal. Regardless of where you are at, you should struggle with what you read in these pages. They are goads. They're there to... <clears throat> prod you, provoke you, but they are there for a purpose. Jesus did exactly that. The words he said, and we can read them in the gospel, they provoked and they annoyed so much so they killed him. That's how annoying Jesus was. And yet his words spoke truth and they gave life and they give the same to us now. But Amongst all this praise that the writer has for the teacher, the preacher, he does, does come with a warning. And this is verse 12. Be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them, in addition to these words, of making many books, there is no end, and much study wearies the body. If you've ever done any study, you know that oh, you just want it to end sometimes. There are enough books, enough of this study. I, I, just, I made a mistake when I started um, my, my degree. Um, I did engineering. And uh, I, they give you a reading list, and you buy all the books, and you quickly realize that I wasn't going to read them anyway, so I stopped buying books. There's enough books. And it's as if you're this, the, writer of Ecclesi the, the teacher in Ecclesiastes is taking you to the edge of a cliff, and he's driven you with his goad, and you've got there, and you're like, wow, that has been amazing. And you're there, and you're going... So the next step is just to do that. And the writer, go, the writer goes, whoa, 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 take a step back. Take a step back. 
Because the route you can go if you continue with this and continue doing what the, uh, the teacher is doing, this, you remember he spent all this time studying and experimenting, so much time studying his life and the life around, of those around him, looking at what goes on in the world. He starts with the verses, meaningless, meaningless, everything is utter meaningless. And he ends his writing with, in verse 8, meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. In all this time and all this experiment, all this effort's put in, he has got nowhere. He's got in full circle, and his conclusion is it's all meaningless. And the writer of this book is saying, look, if you, if you keep going down this route, you are just going to find yourself going round and round in circles. You're just going to go down a rabbit hole. You're going to fall off a cliff, and you're going to get absolutely nowhere in life. It doesn't matter how many books you read. If you are constantly searching for answers, you will never get them. I remember when I was doing my uh, theology degree at Spurgeon's, I used to come back. Jen and I had just got married, got married in our first year. And I used to come back full of all this information, all these lectures, all this stuff I was exciting about, all these books we were reading. Well, I wasn't reading, but someone else was reading them and telling me about them. And I'd get back and go, what about this? And what about that? And, and you know, you can't read that as that. And you've got all this stuff in my head. And Jane goes, you just need to have a simple faith. Oh, that's so annoying. So it's not simple at all. I'm doing a whole degree in this. It's not simple. And that's the warning that we get from the writer of Ecclesiastes. You can just keep on going with this. There will be no end to the books you can read, the questions you can ask, the answers you can seek. You need to get to the point in life when you go, you know what? I've got to be okay with not knowing all the answers. There is no end to the questions. There is no end to the search of me for meaning. There is no purpose or meaning to be found, no concrete solution no silver bullet that's going to tell you what life is all about and what meaning is all about at least not found under this sun and i struggle with that some people are fine with that i do not know i'm not going to do a poll now i don't know whether it's a man thing okay i like i said my first degree was engineering i like to understand how things work I like to get under the hood not literally because i know nothing about cars but i like to know What's, what's going on here? So with this whole stuff that's going on in Gaza and Israel, I've spent ages listening, reading about it and listening to podcasts. That's what I do. I, Jen, have you been doing that? No. We're all different. I don't, it's me. So I like to try and understand. I like to try and deconstruct my faith and understand what's going on in life. I love to study, to delve, to understand. But ultimately, if that is what you do in life, you will come up with those last words of the teacher. Meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. Because you will not find the answers. So where do we go from here? What's the point? The conclusion of the matter, as the writer says, and this is what he says. It says, verse 13, now all has been heard. You've had all this stuff from, this, from the teacher. You've heard it all. Here is the conclusion of the matter. And it's not meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless. And what he's going to do is going to give you one thing to do and one thing to remember. And that's what we're going to leave this series with. One thing to do, one thing to remember.
thing to do, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. And then verse 14, the thing to remember. But God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. So the thing to do, fear God and keep his commandments. In other words, go back to basics. When we started this series, we looked at the fact that in the Bible you have wisdom literature, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. And Proverbs is very much simple equations, A plus B equals C. If you do this, things will go right. If you do bad things, things will go wrong. It's a simple equation. If you want a good life, you need to do A, B, and C. And the writer of Ecclesiastes says, actually, life isn't that simple. That isn't that straightforward. Sometimes the bad prosper and the good suffer. Life is not as simple as that. But then we come to this and say, actually, nine times out of ten, if you want to live a good life, if you want to live a life full of meaning, actually, Proverbs is a pretty good start. Actually, the Bible, where it tells us to follow God and, and that God loves us and to, to lean not on your own understanding, but to search what, what does God want to do in your life. If you do that, then you will ultimately find meaning and purpose in life. It's going back to basics. That amongst all your questions, don't lose sight of the truth and purpose. That as you, as you search for meaning, Anchor yourself in Jesus. So the Bible is a story, yes. But it also gives us a true perspective on life. That God is in control. That God has a plan. But also that God is beyond our understanding. And your questions will never run out. So fear God and keep his commandments. That's the thing... Is saying you to do despite everything that's the thing that's going to give you true meaning in life despite the ups and downs fear god and keep his commandments and that fear i, I um, um helen was picking up on this do we fear god is that a right thing to do should i be fearing a god that the bible tells us loves me Actually, when we are faced with someone, something so otherly, so strange, so incomprehensible, so huge, that our natural response should be fear. And we can diminish that fear by keeping that thing, that someone at arm's length. I remember Jen telling me when you went to, um, was it Zimbabwe in Africa? Yeah, and you were in a shower with a spider and a, a tarantula and a tree frog. And you had a little chat with them, didn't you? You say, as long as you stay there and I stay here, we'll get on fine. And maybe you feel like that with things that you are scared of. It's a spider. As long as the spider stays way over there and I'm here, then we're fine. But actually, the closer they are, the more we fear them. And if we keep God distant and aloof and out of our life, then you have no need to fear him. But when that strange, otherly, incomprehensible God comes and says, I love you, 
I want to feel you and live within you. I want to live life with you. And actually that becomes incredibly scary. I remember in my 20s, I made the mistake of reading uh, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, a book all about, I don't know if any of you have read it, about how different men are and women are. And, um, and I took that into my uh, dating with Jen, much to her annoyance, because I could identify all my issues and problems that I was having uh, in, in our relationship. And one of it was, in the book they call, talk about elastic band moments. It's, Jen's going, oh, yeah, I remember that one. That was the worst one for Jen. Where it's said that men, when they, they, get, into, they get intimate, they get like these feelings, these emotions that are so strange to us men. And then we go, whoa, whoa, whoa. And we push back and push away. And then we spring back like an elastic band. And then we go, oh, no, no, too much. And that was what I was doing in our, probably our first year of our relationship. This is great. No, this is too much. This is great. This is too much. We can do that with God because intimacy produces fear. This is going to change me. This is going to change my life. This might change everything. The proper response, if we're doing it right, if we're engaging with God, and if we're having an intimate relationship with him, will be fear because we don't know what God is going to do. Fear God and keep his commandment. This is your duty, verse 14, for God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it's good or evil. I'm just going to finish on this one quickly. We don't like that word judgment, do we? We don't like this idea the Bible tells us at the end, God will judge every living thing. We see a, a judge there with a big hammer going, boom, boom. You're sentenced to whatever it is. We don't like the idea of judgment. But actually, the word that we translate as judgment can also be translated as justice. We feel bad about judgment, but we feel good about justice. The teacher in Ecclesiastes has told us that life is unfair. Things are put down to chance and luck. That all we're going to face is death and sorrow. The bad prosper. The good have their lives ruined. And we cry out for justice. For things to be right. And the very last words of this book. The writer is saying there will be a time when there will be justice. That the bad ultimately will not get away with it. That the good will be rewarded. That all those things we see wrong in our world, all those things that are seem unfair, God will sort it out. There will be justice. There will, there will be a time when the vapor, the fog, the mist dissipates. That Jesus will return. God's kingdom will come and justice will reign. All deeds will be just judged, even the hidden, good or bad, God sees all. So as we finish, one thing to do, one thing to remember. Fear God and keep his commandments. That's the best thing you can do to get a life with meaning. And remember, in an unfair world, Ultimately, justice will be done.
Let's take a moment as we listen to some questions to reflect before we continue. How have you found the book of Ecclesiastes? Has it depressed you or offered hope? Is it time for you to step back from the cliff edge and recognise that you can't find all the answers? Do you find the idea of judgement comforting or difficult? Is justice a better word? end of that series that, yeah. um, I think it's been a really good series I hope um, people have um, just enjoyed it I'm not sure, I'm not sure I enjoyed it right I hope people have found it useful Absolutely. And, um, yeah. and if nothing else just to accept the fact we a life is not easy yeah life is not fair mm-hmm. um, you know the, the teacher in Ecclesiastes tells us that from the outset and b that we don't have all, all the answers and um, and yet God is still the one that's um, in control. Um, yeah, it brings us nicely on to the, the, the question. Um, yeah, yeah. Which was... Can we have the, the first question up, which we was the question we thought we would we, um, kind of touch upon. Yeah, and it's, um, um, how have you found the book of Ecclesiastes? Has it depressed you or offered hope? We'd love to kind of, yeah, um, see your, your responses. And uh, I mean, for me, I, I personally found it really liberating, actually, really freeing. Um, I think there's this kind of thing that people can be guilty of, of when you become a Christian, you loved everything's great because, you know, you've got this promise of, of eternal life with God after, you know, life on earth. You've got Jesus or Holy Spirit and that advocate for you and that life would just be lovely and you all get in a circle and sing Kumbaya and, and, <laughs> and life's great. Um, and I, I kind of love how gritty Ecclesiastes is. And that says, no, life's not great. Life, you know, not it could be hard. It may be this, you know, it, life is, is tough. Life is hard. There's things that happen. There's bad things that happen to good people. There's good things that happen to bad people. There's, you know, life is inherently tough yeah, and, uh, and rubbish at times. And the fact that, you know, um, that the Bible, which is this, this book of love, you know, actually, um, nuts and bolts of it, you know, so many verses, so many characters in the Bible endure such, suffering and that you know and that's that's commonplace knowing that okay well you know they suffered and, uh, and we're suffering today it makes them more relatable it makes the characters more relatable um but i think the thing that i found particularly liberating was the fact that we don't need to know all the answers um and you know i was talking to neil um, earlier about ignorance being bliss and how you know particularly um uh, i'm by no means an academic and i by no means you know, I'm not an engineer like Martin. I'm, I'm not someone that needs to know how things work. And, and Neil had a, a great analogy with the TV. Yeah, just turn the television on; it works. I don't need. <laughs> I don't need to know how it works. I just need to know 
you know, when match of the day is on, or, or, <laughs> yeah, exactly. or where, wherever it is. Yeah. yeah, volume up, volume down, change channel, and he's sorted. Um, and that sense as well, um, for me, I found it liberating because, um, you know, you can, particularly for me, I can go in kind of loopholes, you know, about purpose, about meaning, about this, about why the bad things happen to these people, good things happen to those. And, and I, I can actually get myself into a bit of a vicious cycle and kind of forgetting the, the meaning yeah. that, okay, yes, life is tough. Life can be hard. Um, I'm not going to know all the answers, but I trust in a God that, that loves me. Um, so I actually found it Ecclesiastes and it really liberating a sense that um, I can, you know, talks about, you, you know, you don't need to know everything, just keep it simple, just, you know, um, but fear God. Um, yeah, and, and uh, yeah, the, the, the thing to do is to fear God. The thing to remember is that God will bring everything into justice. And and I think a little bit earlier on, we were asking people to put into the chat line of, you know, you had one question, you know, God, and, and, and a lot of people were putting in, I don't understand why this happened. And I think the book of Ecclesiastes helps us, doesn't give us that answer, but it helps us understand a little bit that these things are going to happen. Things that are really tough personally mm. um, can be really tough and, and they can happen in the world. But the thing to remember is um, is that God will bring everything into justice. And um, that may be a good way for us to finish this series, just, just, just go on that point, that even when life is really difficult, and we find it difficult to enjoy life, mm. um, that God will bring everything into justice. That was today's episode of Holy Baptist Church Podcast. We hope it's prompted you to want to follow Jesus, hopefully a lot, but even just a little bit more closely. If you have any questions about what you've heard in today's episode, or you want to know more about what it means to follow Jesus, you can email us got questions at hawleybaptist.org.uk we'd love to hear from you it would really make our day if you want to hear more from us just a reminder you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you can download the Holy Baptist Church app from the Apple App Store or Google Play to hear it as well simply search Holy Baptist Church thank you again for listening to Holy Baptist Church podcast we pray God will bless you and we'll see you next time <laughs>